Welcome to The Female Influencer. I'm Lacey Shane. I want to talk about some small differences between men and women that often undermine the amount of influence that women can have in a work environment. And I say small, but I had a mentor one time say to me, little holes sink big ships. And these seemingly small verbal and behavioral habits of women actually undermine us quite a bit in terms of our ability to influence in the workplace and get credibility with our male and even female counterparts. So I want to go over six of these and just explain them and why they're so important and what the differences are and maybe share some information that you didn't know that will help you start to work on these verbal and behavior habits and change your strategy to one that will really help you gain more influence and respect in the workplace. And the first one is nodding. Nodding when someone's talking to you. And this can be dangerous when you're nodding at a man when he's talking to you. And the reason is because of the way that women interpret nodding versus the way men interpret nodding. When you're nodding your head, men interpret that as agreement. And when a woman sees someone else nodding, she interprets that as, I acknowledge you, I hear you. So men think of it as, I agree. Women think of it as, I hear you. And that small difference has a huge impact on women's success. And here's an example that I can give to you from a friend of mine who actually is on the executive team of a very large company. And she has uh, three or four male executives above her, including the CEO, the COO, and others. And she told me she just simply stopped nodding in their staff meetings. And she said her whole world changed at work. She said, suddenly, they didn't think they knew what I thought. Suddenly, they realized that they didn't know what my input would be. And since she is on the executive team, they did want to know. So they started asking her, whereas when she was nodding, not only did they think she agreed with them, they kind of thought she didn't have her own opinion. It actually sort of reduced her credibility with them because they thought, gosh, she always agrees with me. You know, theoretically, they could be saying, doesn't she ever have an original thought of her own? And it really can be undermining in that way. So what I want you to do is to stop nodding. Now, I'm a nodder. I like people to know that I'm hearing them. And I've been practicing this, and I'm telling you, it is very difficult for me. It's very difficult to change that behavioral habit of nodding. But I'm working on it because I want to have more respect with the men in my professional circles. I want them to know I have my own thoughts. I want them to know I'm not necessarily agreeing with them. And I want them to ask for my opinion, ask for my input. So stop nodding. Stop nodding to acknowledge people and just see if you can just listen without moving your body at all. It's very difficult if you're an expressive woman like I am, but just see if you can do that because the game-changing impact that this had for my friend was phenomenal and I want every woman to experience that. Another difference between men and women is the way that we stand 
And I want you to understand too that when I tell you these things, I'm not saying they're true 100% of the time. But the research has been done and these things are true most of the time. So they're going to work in most work situations. Are there men who might nod to acknowledge? Yeah, but they're few and far between. So remember that this is about what's true most of the time and how to deal with it. And one of the issues is the way that we stand when we're physically with someone and talking to them. So most women will tend to stand facing each other, face to face, when they're communicating. But if you look at men, most times they stand in a chevron shape or in a V. So they're not quite facing each other and they're not quite parallel facing out looking the same way. They're sort of at a 45 degree angle. That's how men often talk. So if you as a woman try to get face to face with him, you may find that the man keeps turning to a 45 degree angle because you're making him physically uncomfortable. So what I have always tried to do, and this one was much easier for me, is I just do something called mirroring. So if the man who's talking to me comes up and stands next to me at an angle, then I'm going to mirror that. I'm going to do what he does because people are more, most comfortable with people who, who mirror their tone of voice, their stance, their physicality, their posture, their tone. People are most comfortable when they are mirrored. So I'm going to mirror that person. So if you see a guy who's standing with another guy uh, in a chevron shape, then you know that's how you need to stand next to them to make them feel the most comfortable, to make them feel like you get them and, and you're one of them. Another one that is really prevalent with women is saying, I'm sorry. And this doesn't seem so harmful until you understand how men perceive that comment. And again, I'm going to most men because my own husband has a problem saying sorry too much as well. He's a very sensitive man. He has a lot of female characteristics. So again, it's one of those instances, this isn't true 100% of the time, but it's true most of the time. So here's how men interpret I'm sorry. They interpret when a woman says I'm sorry that she really has something to be sorry for. Like they believe her. They take it literally. They're like, oh my gosh, she said sorry. She really did something wrong. They take that to, I guess you could say an extreme compared to how we look at it as almost a throwaway comment, right? Sometimes women say I'm sorry and they barely even know they said it. But it's something really important to pay attention to because when you say, oh, I'm sorry at work, the men around you, most of them are going to believe you have something to be sorry for and they are, their opinion of you will start to downgrade because they believe you. They believe your self-assessment self that there's something for you to be sorry for, that there's something not quite up to par with you. So don't give them that. Don't say I'm sorry. Really, really start to work on this. I know this is really hard. I, I know women that I work with, my own daughter, my own husband, myself, we've all struggled with stopping saying I'm sorry. And here's something that you can replace it with. When you're using I'm sorry, when you get in someone's physical space or you bump them or something, say, excuse me, say, oh, pardon me or excuse me. And that has a whole different connotation. It's still polite, but it's not I'm sorry, which gets interpreted as you did something really wrong or you're less than par, okay? Another thing you can do, physical habit, is sit at the table. Pull up a chair and sit at the table. 
If you are part of a staff team, if you are part of an executive team, if you are part of a group that is meeting, don't acquiesce. Don't, you know, stand back and let the men take their seats first and then sit on the side or sit in the back. Pull up a chair and sit right with them. I don't know if any of you who are listening have ever heard... um, If you've ever heard of Taylor Swift, she has this term, I think she coined it, I'm not sure, but I heard her say it, it's called man spread. And that's when a man sits with his legs wide open and takes up more space, whereas women take and take up. So you might know of the singer Taylor Swift. I heard her use a term and I don't know if she coined the term, she may have. But the term is man spread. And what that really refers to is the amount of space that men take up at a table. And if you go to a restaurant and you look at, you know, you do some people watching and you look at the people around, you're going to notice men who are doing man spread. And then you're going to notice men who are a little more reserved, more like women who maybe have their legs crossed or a little more compact in the way that they're sitting But then there's those men that just, they have the man spread. Their legs are wide open. They're taking up a bunch of space. And that's that's nonverbal messaging about um, superiority, about confidence. And so it's it's a subtle but very noticeable to men thing that they do to communicate uh, power and superiority. So when we don't sit at the table or we don't sit up straight or we don't feel free to spread out our arms or spread out our papers and our pad of paper and pencil and stuff on a table, it's sort of like we're shrinking. We're shrinking as compared to the men. So if you notice most of the men around the table are feeling free to open their briefcase and put their cup of coffee down and spread out their pencils, do the same thing. Do the, I'm not telling you to sit there with your legs wide open. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is notice how there's this physical communication that in a man's world communicates your role in the group and you want to be an equal to men. So don't shy away from taking a seat at the table. Don't take your seat last. Take it first. Sit at the table and take the space you need without being, you know, you don't want to be obnoxious about it, but take the space you need. Don't shrink and fit into a little four inches. If, if a guy is spread out, then say, excuse me, can I have some room here? And show that you were an equal part of the team. I tell my coaching clients, we teach people how to treat us. And in these small physical and verbal ways, we teach men whether or not to count us as among the voices and the people and professionals that count at work. It's funny that these small things have an impact, but they have a huge impact. So take your seat at the table and don't be afraid to take up some space, okay? There's a story of this woman who was training our students at Cal State Fullerton College of Business and Economics. I'm part of the leadership team of the Women's Leadership Program there. And this trainer came in and she was talking about an instance where she was at the table with a bunch of men 
And I can't remember the comment she said that the man said to her, but she's very small. She's like 5'4", and it wasn't a complimentary comment. And she said she got out of her chair, stood up next to him very tall as he was sitting and said, what did you say to me? And it had this huge impact on their relationship. He never said anything like that to her again, and he respected her because she had the confidence to stand up and say, what was that you just said? Like calling him out, holding him accountable for his behavior. Because sometimes these things aren't intentional. Sometimes they're behavioral habits. (coughs) And what we want to do is change those behavioral habits by changing our behavior, showing people how to treat us, showing people how to understand us by not nodding, by standing in the right stance and mirroring, by not saying I'm sorry, by sitting at the table. One other one that I really, I think this can be controversial because there's a lot of people talking about how you ought to be able to cry at work. If you ever watch Shark Tank, which I'd love to watch Shark Tank, there's a lot of controversy around the people who cry when they're doing a presentation to the sharks. And Barbara Corcoran's belief is that you should never cry in business. And then there's other opinions. For me, I don't condemn crying in the workplace. I have tools to deal with it because I don't see men crying and that's who I'm trying to, I'm not going to say compete with, but that's the world I'm trying to succeed in, right? Or the world I was trying to succeed in. I didn't see them crying, so I'm not going to do it, right? Because mirroring people, when you mirror people, you make them more comfortable and men aren't crying. So I made it a point not to cry. I'm an advocate of not crying if you're trying to make it in a world where there's a lot of men in the upper circles above you. It just doesn't work. I don't even know that it works with women. I've never really seen it bring any benefit to a female professional in the workplace. So I don't myself do that. Now, if you are with me on this and you don't want to cry at work, I'm going to tell you a little strategy that will help you because as women, we can be emotional beings and sometimes something wrong goes down at work. It's wrong. It hits you hard. Someone does something that's completely unfair or is attacking and you feel these tears welling up and you're like, oh no, I'm going to cry. So what... (coughs) (coughs) So what you do is you tilt your head back Take a deep breath and blink your eyes two or three times as you're looking at the ceiling. And what that does is that gets the tears to dissipate back into your head. And once you do that and you've taken a deep breath, you can lower your head again and just say, thank you for your feedback. I'll give it some thought and walk away. Because you want to give yourself the space to deal with the emotion And if you can, you need to get out of the situation to do that. And I always say, you know, if you have a motion to purge, if you need to vent, don't do it with anybody at work. Do it with a trusted colleague when you get home or out in the parking lot in your car with a friend or your husband or somebody that you trust, but don't vent at work. It's all pro all the time at work. And this is all about increasing your influence so you can gain more respect, so you can have the upper echelons, those circles of power, seeing you in a different light, showing you more respect, thinking you more as an equal part of the team. And these behaviors and and strategies that I'm talking to you about help with that. And eliminating crying is one of them. We're emotional beings. We need to purge that. That's one tool 
that'll help you get those tears to dissipate. The last thing I want to share with you is really a cool strategy. For some reason, let's say you're solving a problem around a staff meeting table and everybody's going around and giving their opinion. You've all heard that when a man speaks strongly, he's bold, he's confident, he's a leader. When a woman does it, she's a blank ITCH, she's she's harsh, she's too direct, she's not nice, you know, those kind of things. We we get characterized differently for the same way of speaking. Well, here's some research that's been done that's really to our advantage and I encourage you to take Take advantage of this because it's so simple. All you have to do when you're giving your opinion is add at the end of it because and then share your because that has something to do with what's good for the company or a strategy that's going to work or bring more profits or solve the problem. That word because has been proven to increase people's acceptance of what you're saying. Actually, that is true for both men and women. The use of that word because So maybe you're saying, I don't think that we should adopt this new policy. It's too restrictive. It cuts down creativity. And I feel strongly about this because we need our team to have their creative juices flowing. We need to not restrict their ideas. And what's best for the company and what's best for this department is to have that free-flowing creativity so we can produce at the highest quality level. You got to because like that, and suddenly people aren't thinking you're harsh anymore. They're thinking you're smart. So add that word because to all your comments at meetings, and people will start to see you not only as someone that's out for the company and is smart, but they, they will. But they will also think that your answers are really well thought out and your comments will get listened to. So just to recap, let's stop nodding at work, especially with men. Let's choose our stance based on what each gender is more comfortable with to give us more credibility when we're communicating. Let's quit saying we're sorry and add the excuse me or pardon me for when we are bumping into someone's physical space. Let's sit up at the table and not be afraid to take up some space, at least equal space to what the men are taking. Let's use our tools to not cry at work, get our tears to dissipate, and vent at home before we come back and deal with the issue. And let's use the word because when we're sitting around a staff meeting table or a board meeting table, because if we do that, that will help everybody around the table see us as smarter and well thought out and listen to our ideas. I'm Lacey Shane. Wherever you are in the world, remember, you are the power.